New York City. I'm coming out there. I'm playing a show Friday, July 9th at the East Village Playhouse. That's just in a few days. Come out and meet me. Let's let's hang. Uh, there's there's probably going to be some bar hopping afterwards, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be some awesome New York artists on the bill, and uh, DJ Cherish the Love will be providing the the lights and the, the video show. It's a really cool space, uh, from what I can tell from pictures. I haven't been there yet, but DJ Cherish the Love does not mess around. So once again, Friday, July 9th, doors at six. Come hang out. This week's episode is brought to you by Playtime Engineering's Blit Blocks and Blit Blocks After Dark. These are where toys and synths collide. These are these are synths that little kids, like four and up, can play with and have a lot of fun and actually make music. They're not like those little keyboards that you get at Target where like if you buy one for your niece and nephew, it's kind of like a, a jab to your, your sister or brother. <laughs> like, haha, deal with this. This actually makes music. Um, and it has all the tools that a basic synthesizer has. It's got some delay, it's got a filter, it's got a tempo knob, it's got a VCA on it. There's just really cool modulation routing you can do. There's a kick and snare button. Um, yeah, and you can hear me, I'm using the sound freak button a lot in this patch that I made with it. There it goes. Um, yeah, it's just super fun. I brought it to the Father's Day uh, celebration with the in-laws a few weeks ago, and it was a massive hit. And I, uh, I conned my, uh, my nieces and nephews into recording some performances, and I'm working on that video, and it's going to be super adorable. Um, but yeah, if you have uh, a kid in your life who you want to kind of get into synthesis, this is the place to start. I Three of the kids, three of my nephews and nieces were super into it, so I feel like the odds are good that at least one of them is going to turn into a synth nerd and I will be so happy if that happens and I will be forever indebted to Playtime Engineering for that. The Blip Blocks and Blip Blocks After Dark. Link in the show description. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name is Tim Held and I'm really excited to bring you this chat with Kim Bjorn. I'm sure you've read one or all of his books. We've got Patch and Tweak. We've got Push, Turn, Move. We've got Pedal Crush. And then there's the uh, Patch and Tweak with uh, the Moog edition. And we're going to talk all about how Kim found himself making books. But first, I would like to say thank you to our lovely synth shop here in Seattle, Patchworks. If you would like to visit them online at patchworks.com, you may find all your synthesizer needs there. In fact, you might even be able to buy some books off of that their website. Um, they're getting new space soon. I'm just going to tease that, though. I'm going to tell you all about it next week. But once again, that's patchworks.com. I'm going to keep this intro brief. I don't have time to do any demos because I'm um, running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Getting st- Man, how old of a saying is that? I haven't, I'd never say that, and I just said it for some reason. And now I'm wasting time, this precious time that I don't have, explaining to you 
that I never say the thing that I said to explain about how much I don't just never mind but I'm gonna get to some demos of the modules that I've been talking about over the past few weeks it's just I've been it's been crazy busy um, but I'm really excited to use the shtum and the macro from FSS slash mute um, while I'm out playing in New York and uh, if you want to come out to that show and see them I'm gonna have like a, an exclusive secret uh, sneak peek of something new that's coming out that might be coming up from after later audio. I don't know. Um, yeah, and then uh, the sound destruction device from Recovery Effects. I'm also going to be uh, wrapping my head around that so I can pre present a demo to you. But uh, yeah, I think that's all I'm gonna talk to you about today. I probably didn't even need to do this. Man, I'm really getting meta. This is this is me when I'm stressed. Ex I'm, I'm over explaining, over sharing, and uh, it's probably my best personality trait. But before we get into this chat, I just want to say thank you to everybody who supports me on Patreon. It means a lot. Uh, and if you would like to help keep the LEDs blinking over here at PodMod, please visit patreon.com forward slash modcast. I'm doing bonus episodes each week. In fact, that's what I'm going to go do when I'm done with this. Again, getting meta. Don't need to be explaining this. But uh, they've been a lot of fun. I take questions or uh, discussion topics and just kind of riff on them. And uh, yeah, so you get, you get a bonus, you know, 30 minutes or so each week. So, uh... Yeah, if you would like to do that, head over to patreon.com forward slash modular modcast. It means a lot. I love y'all. Let's talk to Kim Bjorn. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm really, really excited. I, I feel like we have, we've been like ships in the night, you know, hmm. we've, 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 we've talked a lot about doing this, but our, our schedules um, have, haven't quite lined up and they, and they finally have. So I'm. So excited to get to talk to you. So thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I, uh, I'm just so excited to get into everything about all the uh, the books. Is that how you? Is that how you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's a challenge um, for most. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty clever. But before we do that, I, I'd like to get to know the man behind the books, and uh, you know, get your story from you know. How did you find yourself into, you know, in the world of modular synthesis and, and how far back does this journey start as far back as you want to, if it's when you're a kid listening to whatever inspired you, you know, whatever you think that story is, I'd love to, I'd love to hear it. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I'm always a bit intimidated, you know, that uh, people want to hear about me and not, not the books first, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I kind of hide behind the, the pages, um, uh -huh. <laughs> but but um, yeah, how can you put it? You know, it's I started young, as as most do, with my interest in mm -hmm. in music, and originally I thought I would be a musician, perhaps I really didn't know. Um, but at some point, I also um, got into design, and that that kind of um, I went with that because that was more worthwhile at the time in terms of you know sustaining a living <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but starting young you know I messed around with a four track tape recorder and an organ I got from my parents that was actually an upgrade okay. from a piano <laughs> I, okay. I took okay. uh, you know piano lessons at the, the local uh, actually uh, church organist um, and that was uh, that was that really actually how can you put it um, defined something in me uh, mm -hmm. about having uh, having a good time when you practice and having a good time when you deal with music and that so you had a good teacher it sounds like actually yeah but mostly probably yeah. because we played cards and chess 
a lot. <laughs> you know, also, you know, she was this mm-hmm. old lady smoking cigars and really proud of her son being a, a an, an airplane pilot and all that. And, um, you know, it, it was my little sacred haven going there after mm-hmm. school when I was like seven, eight years old and actually finding someone who understood what this was all about. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. putting your fingers on the keys uh, and, and you know, getting an expression out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. So that kind of defines something in me or, or, or how can you say it? Um, awakened something in me, I think. Mm-hmm. A resonance of some kind. Um, and I went on to do the usual stuff, playing in a youth band, you know, in school. Had an awesome teacher there also. I played my, my bit of, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Beatles songs and, and yeah. the, the Doors and all that. <laughs> you know, we've mm-hmm. all been there, I guess, uh, at some point. Um, so that was also my first acquaintance with synthesizers. And I, 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 you know, I went home and wanted to upgrade the, this organ, which I kind of tweaked in every way I could. You know, also with the, the uh-huh. tape recorder. And I started buying a Casio uh, CZ five thousand, um, mm-hmm. which was my first. You know, that was my venture into synthesis, and I was like whoa this is cool i actually scored yeah. like a 20 minute uh, local movie a uh, really boring movie actually but i, I made you know <laughs> the tracks with the sequence on the on the cast show and that was uh, you know for me that was like whoa i can do all this myself and then it went on from there all the you know through the 80s uh, with the different music gear like the first roland mc sequences uh, and all that stuff sound modules of, of any kind um but I think also the inspiration I got for all this was really the local library, which was also my, you know, haven when I was a teenager. Going there, uh, always came out with uh, vinyls of, you know, it could be like George Duke, uh, it could be Jean-Michel Chard, the, the latest pop music, you know, with, with a lot of synth mm-hmm. sounds, because that was new, you know, you hadn't heard those sounds yeah. before. Um, and also a lot of science fiction books. <laughs> that was kind of yeah, my... Yeah. <laughs> that mix was for me like I could stay in my room, you know, the whole weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was, and and somehow I'm, I sometimes still find myself there, like yeah, like you yeah. know, thirty five <laughs> years later. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I guess we can all you know relate to that that kind of revisiting some of the of youth's like sacred moments. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that gives an impression of me or my journey, but obviously there's a lot went on from that since then. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, when you talked about design, what what were you referring to there? Like, were you like circuit bending stuff, or were you designing your own circuits? Or oh no, not not that actually. I did some uh, soldering because I actually wanted to be an electrical engineer at first, mm-hmm. uh, but somehow I found out I was good at drawing stuff. You know, with a pencil. And that okay. that kind of turned me on to doing uh, visual design. I, I did a bit of oh, okay. my little bit of graffiti also, you know, <laughs> mostly legal actually. I was I was not a bad kid, I think. <laughs> so I was I, I was the very nice little kid. So um, and and so I did you know I did small graffiti pieces just for the the bad boys to leave me alone and all that. Um, <laughs> you have to get by somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so that's that's um so so it actually became uh graphic design and production which i went went into and um i really had uh, apparently um 
uh, something around that that really worked well for me. But I always, continuing that journey, I always had some kind of keyboard with a built-in sequencer, you know, just mm-hmm. stuffed a, a back in the back of the room or wherever, uh, so I could get that part out of me also. So did you study uh, like graphic design or anything at, at university or anything like that? Or? I studied at what we call, it's basically a bachelor's degree now. It call, it's called the Graphic College of Denmark at that point. Now it's the, the mm-hmm. Danish School of Media and Journalism. And I was there for only two years and I took an extra year actually about typography and readability. And that's actually also where I met, uh, you know, the deconstructivism guys in the graphic design world, one of them being Jonathan Bandbrook, who now actually plays modular and, as, oh, as okay. you know, designed all, a lot of the covers for, for David Bowie. Um, mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, circles go around. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. But, but um, yeah, um, as part after that, I actually uh, got employed at the school as a, as a teacher. And oh, nice. um, yeah, that was that was nice, and it was kind of okay. I get a steady job, and you know, I had a little kid at that point, my first daughter. I I got mm-hmm. to be a parent in a, a young age. Um, so, yeah, basically, I've always found myself doing stuff at the wrong times. But that's just a whole <laughs> other story, or maybe not. Uh, but apparently, not with Bukes, uh, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, that that was uh, really nice, and part of the job was actually to document the research you did and and um, present it in an in, in organized way for people to digest. And that was in terms of articles, but also books. And mm-hmm. I did my first book actually when I was in the third year in school, and that was a, a Danish and English book about readability and, and typography. And, okay. and it was okay. called in black and white uh, of all type things uh, but I think it, it, it worked really well and it was like the first collection of readability investigations around the world um, so uh, you know I kind of grew into this uh, bookmaking thing um, yeah it sounds like the perfect kind of like uh, background and in, in, in different backgrounds that kind of culminated culminated in the books definitely that was kind of my you know have being able to to merge these two passions for music making and music technology and then design the visual side of things and and also com- communicating this stuff for mm-hmm. me that was like wow this is this is actually happening this is kind of where i've been meant to be probably you know you, uh-huh. we always find uh-huh. ourselves drifting in different directions but yeah. For me, things just came together somehow, uh, and now I'm I'm not leaving this place. <laughs> I, yeah, it's yeah, a really yeah. nice place to be because I really, you know, all these conversations with people like you, artists and and, and makers of gear and and doing and, and trying to how can you put it uh, communicate this in interesting mm-hmm. ways uh, for people to actually get this stuff. Uh, that for mm-hmm. me has become uh, yeah something I really. I'm really leaning into it, at least. So yeah, that's the way. I would well, you, the the passion shines through just in the quality of of the books, not only in the, how they're, you know, how they're looked and, pre- and how they're presented, but how they, you know, the flow of them, the the combination of you know entertainment and education. So yeah, it's. Thanks. It, I was going to ask if you had an education background, but 
Yeah, it's yeah. You, you just told me you did. Um, are you still in Denmark? Yes, I'm in Copenhagen right now. Uh, I'm okay. Basic. Yeah, I've been here for like a year and a half. Like everybody else is staying at home. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to to travel again. And with this stuff, I could basically work everywhere. And um, mm-hmm. actually, last night we had a great modular gig. Uh, the first time a lot of us had been oh, playing nice. for a long time. It was just like. Wow, so much time had been passing with all this uh-huh. virtual stuff, and now we could finally meet and enjoy. You could feel the sub bass again, and all that stuff. Just how, how? Yeah, just describe to me the the general mood and 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 just how was there just kind of like a glow? I just picture there's like a a happy glow in the room with something like that. Yeah, yeah, you could yeah, happy glow, the smile on people's faces, but also mm. I was overwhelmed by. Mm-hmm. so many people also actually we had a european uh, soccer match yesterday <laughs> going on uh-huh, uh-huh. and so the tower <laughs> the the Copenhagen was you know full of, of happy people uh so and we tried to yeah we, we could get uh our music got heard at least so that was nice yeah but um and a lot of people actually but people were so uh it was also a lot of the locals that are into some of them are into modular already some are mm-hmm. just into other ways of, of music being created and um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of interest and we have this group that meets up once uh, a month uh, and mm-hmm. trying to how can you put it uh, we're trying to sow the seeds for a good modular scene in Copenhagen um, yeah that's awesome I'd love to come out there my um, when my sisters were in high school my family had a uh, I was like two years out of high school They we had a uh, an exchange student from Denmark named Camilla and nice yeah it was it was really awesome she she's cool I'd, I'd like to see her again it's been like 15 years wow yeah but it's so funny because yeah. Tim so many people tells me about memories related to Copenhagen and it's always uh-huh. these nice memories usually, yeah. usually yeah. that's what I hear about at least <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a few nasty ones but that that's a yeah, totally yeah. story. but you know and I think <laughs> Copenhagen is this Probably idyllic, is that how you put it? Or, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. people have this, but it's, it, you can perceive it in many ways. But because when I go to Berlin or, you know, LA, I have the same memories from those places I go. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's the fact that we are traveling and meeting people that is actually the, the, mm-hmm. at the core of it. It's not the Definitely. city itself. It, it may be pretty, it may yeah. not be, but it's the people we meet that are usually beautiful. So. Yeah, def- I I, I kind of got the travel bug, unfortunately, right before the uh, pandemic. But, you know, went to San Francisco with Ellison mm. from Waveform and got to sit with Suzanne, as you did. Nice. And her with her ocean view. Oh, and I yeah. definitely want to talk about that in a bit. Um, but you're right. Yeah, it's just I, when you have these cool memories attached to these places, it makes the place seem like it's just it's exalted in a way put on a pedestal. Mm. Um, but. The United, I feel like the United, like the the view of Denmark and and you know like Holland and um, you know more than some of the more Nordic countries, like the view from here in the United States is it looks like a utopia, <laughs> because you know in America we're told we're the best, but you know those of us who are savvy know that that's just not true. Mm. Um, so I kind of like. My wife and I are like, could we move to Denmark or Holland? Uh, like, yeah. we need to figure. We need to some. We need some skill that that 
that makes it worthwhile for you guys to take us in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's yeah, but I think you're right. Sadly, uh, about the U.S. you know situation, or it sometimes things in Denmark are so much easier because we mm-hmm. have this this whole um, healthcare system and unemployment um, system. But also that means a lot of people are, are you know coming to Denmark or coming to Europe and I think it's really mm-hmm. sometimes it's really hard being in a country where we are actually really fortunate and mm-hmm. sometimes you know the government not wi- being willing to share this with more people from the outside because it's yeah. one big world and I, I think it's it's intimidating sometimes that you know what we hear and I think it's from some of the governments also in, 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 the, in Europe it's it's been more you know, right-wing stuff have, have gone yeah. forward, and that's unfortunate, in my opinion. But um, it's, I guess it's just a difficult situation. Uh, yeah. You know, so, but, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. But that's why we have synthesizers, right? <laughs> exactly. So we forget other stuff, or at least can express ourselves, whatever we have. Right. right. Yeah. So speaking of, how did you, like, how do you get in a modular then? You said you always mm. kind of had a keyboard with you at some point. But was there one person who kind of, you know, tempted you in or I, I think, videos on YouTube yeah, or something? Around probably 500 uh, YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah, how can you put it? When did that start? I think around three years, maybe f- a few more years before we started doing uh, Patchen Tweak, <clears throat> which came mm-hmm. out in, in 18. So I was actually fairly new to it when we did that book. Um, mm-hmm. But the way I came into it, I think was simply, I had gone, you know, I'd been playing actually for over a decade at um, at the cathedral in Copenhagen because I knew a guy who knew a guy and all that. And these did these ambient nights. So I played for three hours uh, straight. And I did all mm-hmm. my music in, uh, you know, in Ableton Live and software instruments. And I got to a point where I started incorporating hardware instruments like Electron Octatrack, a few hardware synths, the OP1 from Team Engineering, mm-hmm. all that stuff, because I wanted something something more tangible. And you know, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't really put on a show if you have a computer and a one MIDI controller. It's like, right, right, <laughs> is right. He checking yeah. his emails or what? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, and I also wanted, you know, I think as musicians, it's or as creatives. Uh, in general, it's really important that we challenge ourselves and learn new Definitely. stuff. And I think it's also an urge most of us have. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, I want to explore more of, I feel I could go further in my sonic explorations and starting to discover some of these videos. And that was just great. And then I discovered this Danish modular group, which was like coming home. <laughs> it was like Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> there's other crazy people interested in this crazy modular mm-hmm. world than me. So that was really good. And I started actually going to Sweden, I remember, to buy, I, I drove to Sweden, we have a bridge, uh, to buy this system, which actually mostly um, consisted of some mutable instruments, modules, like five of them, okay. maybe, or four. Like a, a ripples, a clouds, an elements, braids, uh, yeah. That's a that's pretty pa- like pretty powerful system there. That was and, and I, yeah. I could see that <laughs> making somebody fall in love because like just everything from mutable just it's there's something there's something so alluring alluring about their sound. It's just 
Definitely. It's just yeah. it's so easy to make it sound so good, you know. Yeah, uh, maybe mm-hmm. too easy sometimes. Yeah, me, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it was I. I mean, I might should have started, you know, like we say to some people, just start with one one module or two. But but actually having a little system, for me was oh, okay. I could see different ways I could go, and what I wanted and what I didn't want. Um, so I started the whole journey like everybody else, trading modules and trying to mm-hmm. find my way into it and at some point i got to this conclusion that you know i can watch so many videos but maybe i should make some music also and yeah. <laughs> so i thought you know is there a better way to explain all this stuff to people um and fortunately there was at least for me mm-hmm. uh and I, I, luckily for a lot of other people too uh, i think we learn in different ways and um videos are great obviously you got the sound but sometimes you need, you know, an overview and sit down with something and, and dive deeper. And and that's mm-hmm. where I wanted to do this. I had never, you know, trust me, Tim, I never imagined I should do books for the rest of my life. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very much into digital design and websites and apps and all that. The future, you know. <laughs> right, right, so. right, right. Well, it's it's kind of, you know... I've never really thought of this. It just occurred to me, but it's kind of perfect to still be doing the physical books because every, because this world of modular and pedals and everything and in hardware sense, it's like everybody is kind of, they, they, we, of course you can do anything, you know, on a computer now, but like computers are just so in our ingrained in our work and our just daily life that, we want this we want this tangible object like you said you know like mm. when you started incorporating hardware and i think that's where the books really come in i love just sitting down you know the smell the smell of them the looks of them the way the the spine creaks when you open it mm. you know that whole thing it's part of the experience and i think that just um yeah that that really works within this this mm. world because we're all so into that tactile tactile and analog really <laughs> yeah i mean the world is analog isn't it i mean right uh, yeah yeah tangible at least uh, and i think actually with push turn move the first book that was that was what appeared to a lot of people uh, you know the i think one of the first backers that picked up his push turn move book at uh, it was synthfest in, in the uk where they mm-hmm. could come and pick them up those that were local and, you know, opened it right away and sniffed the pages, you know, like, oh, yeah, this yeah, is great, yeah. you know. And as you <laughs> yeah. say, the, the feeling, the sound of opening the book. And, mm-hmm. and you know, when science also shows, we learn better, actually, by touching the object, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we get the, the information from. And, and so with books, that's, that's a certain. And that's even better, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you have, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to dive right into the books yet. But I love that you have the, uh, the online resource for, like, making drawing your own patches and stuff mm. like that so i think you, you've done a really good job of of integrating uh the digital and the analog um thanks so it's funny you mentioned that when you started doing the books that you hadn't been into it very long and that's kind of similar with the podcast i got into modular i think in um you know like july uh and then i was st- i started recording my my podcast that november mm. you know and wow. it was, and I there's, and I think there's something. I'm wondering if there's something to that because I'm thinking about Ellison from Waveform Magazine, and he, he came over and did a podcast with me at my house because we were talking about his Zorx controller, and he didn't have any modular stuff, but I wanted that Zorx controller, so I traded him his first modules, 
mm-hmm. for a, a Zorx controller. And then three months later, he's like, I'm starting a magazine. You know, there's, so there's, there's something about the excitement of getting into, you know, modular and hardware instruments that just, if you're an enthusiast, you know, especially like with some sort of bent on education, like you have, and I kind of had a similar thing, you know, I, I taught in grad school and I'm, I'm an instructor now. Mm-hmm. There's just something about the, all that enthusiasm mixing with that kind mm-hmm. of background that, that makes, that just compels you to do something like make a book or a podcast or something. I, I, I kind of just rambled. I don't know if that was but, a question. But, no, but I totally agree. <laughs> I can, at least I can pick up on it, but because I <laughs> totally agree that the enthusiasm makes you want to share what you've learned. And I think yeah. that's why so many awesome people actually do these videos, uh, at least in the beginning, because that's they just start sharing this. Uh, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, it could be music, just a patch, or I discovered this. And I really like that, uh, that we are actually growing as a you know, community, whatever, um, as people, by sharing stuff with each other, sharing knowledge, sharing experiences, and I think that it's mm-hmm. just a natural, maybe a very old thing for humanity. I don't mm-hmm. know, but you know, yeah. you uh-huh. pass on learning. Uh, I'm not sure, but yeah. Uh, so I think yeah, it's we great. would have been, we would have been the shamans or medicine men in our, in our <laughs> you know village, you know, thousands of years ago maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's so funny because yeah, that, I think that sometimes people think, I guess. When people ask you also, they think you know everything about every podcast ever made, probably. Or, well, well I mean, you know, people think I know do. way more about modular than I actually <laughs> yeah. do. That's for sure. That's the same with me. You know, it's I, yeah. I usually say, you know, I actually wrote the book so I don't have to remember the stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just made your own ma- manual. Like, oh, I'll share. It yeah, yeah, and, and you know, I, I got obviously we can dig into that, but Chris did it really a lot, um, but. I think it's um, yeah. I think it's just funny because sometimes you dive into a little. You can be a specialist or a generalist. I would call it. You mm-hmm. know, and and I'm probably mm-hmm. more of the last. Uh, and and I really Definitely. same yeah, here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I like to organize information into eatable chunks or whatever you call it for people. Mm-hmm. And um, this is this is one way of of doing it. Uh, I'm, and mm-hmm. I'm not, as you can hear, my voice is not really. A, deep American podcast voice, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> or whatever you'd Me want. Either. Yeah. You're, yeah. Well, I think you're doing a pretty good job. <laughs> so, um, and also video, mm, I'm not really, I like to take photos or film, but I'm, I'm not really a screen person, I think. So, yeah. So, so that's, I don't know, but it's sometimes you just find a natural medium to express yourself and, and this was it for me because of, yeah, what we also talked about, my upbringing. And, and also, you know, when I was a kid and still, I love to go into these um, old bookstores, which also have used books and, and just, it's like a treasure mm-hmm. trove. I, mean, I can Yeah, know. I still love doing that. If I go to a new town, it's a record store, the bookstore, and a synth shop if they have it. And then, yeah. and then after, if I can visit those three things, yeah. I'm just along for the ride. I've had a good <laughs> trip, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about just the experience of all the people you've got to meet and for the interviews. I mean, I'm sure some of them were kind of done um, digitally or through email or something, but uh, let's talk about that a little bit. How mm-hmm. like this, especially in, you know, um, 
uh, patch and tweak. There's just so there's such a wide like I found a bunch of artists that I wasn't familiar with through that, and now have actually had a number of them on on the show. Yeah, because I learned about them through the book and listened to their music and became a fan of them. You know, so um, how like how often were you able to meet up with these people in person and yeah, how's that experience been? Uh, it's been great having these uh, conversations with people, but mostly I'd say because of the nature of me being in Denmark, you know, and also usually the budget, I've mm-hmm. I think for maybe ninety five percent of these interviews were done either by video or by email, you know, Skype, okay. Skype, or email actually. Um, mm-hmm. And then I visited people afterwards, <laughs> and had great yeah. conversations <laughs> and beer and all that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, someone like um, Maria Tseyeva from, from Russia, I mm-hmm. met her when I came to Moscow at some point at um, a synth uh, event. So it's always usually afterwards. Um, I, mm-hmm. I pick up these names from the internet, from Instagram, from YouTube, all sorts of t- channels or sources and kind of follow along a bit and see if they could bring something nice to the project I'm working on. And then I just start contacting them. And, and for some of uh, most of these people, it's more convenient actually to meet online or you know just, okay, mm-hmm. I can use an hour or they get an email and they can answer a few questions at a time and we go back and forth a bit maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And I've worked out a really great way of doing it, I think, an effective way of doing it. So, mm-hmm. so that works. I, I actually remember, if you want one little curious story, um, I remember interviewing Hans Zimmer for Pageant Week, sitting mm-hmm. at the, what you call it, the loft, you know, the first floor, actually at Endorphins in Barcelona. Oh, wow, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> I happened to be there. And actually, I remember I had, what was it? I had brought a module that needed uh, some kind of maintenance or something. And my suitcase got st- stolen in the airport. So oh, no. yeah, so I walked around and I actually got a really nice T-shirt from Bifaco because those were the first <laughs> guys I met or something, um, and and that was really really nice of Manu. So um, it, it was this trip in yeah when was that? I think it was late 2018 or or early 19. I'm not sure. Um, no, that it must have been before. Sorry, I'm I'm rambling here. It's before we we did um, uh, Pageant Week, obviously. So, but I interviewed him quite late in the process, actually. But I remember sitting mm-hmm. on this loft, and it was like 35 degrees Celsius or something. And right now it's also pretty hot in Copenhagen. We have a heat wave mm-hmm. or something. But uh, and and he could actually he was sitting in his, in his LA studio, and I was sitting in this loft. And you know, someone on the upper in the apartment above used the restroom at some point, and you could hear the flushing. So he was like, he was probably coming out in surround sound in his studio. I don't know. I was still like, oh, I'm sorry about that. You know. <laughs> so there are small funny stories like that once in a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then he used it in the tenant soundtrack. Probably, yeah. Um, pitched it down yeah. or something. <laughs> so. I mean, so some, that's something I get asked um, kind of uh, relatively often, but I'm curious how you, like, do you, do you, were you nervous for that one? Like, I generally don't get too nervous, but there's been a few people I've talked to that I've I've mm. gotten pretty nervous about, and I feel like Hans Zimmer would be somebody that I'd I'm, I would be worried. Yeah, that I'd maybe cl- yeah. clamp up. <laughs> yeah, I think I was obviously in the first uh, first time, um, 
But he actually reached out after or wrote someone, uh, actually Axel Hartmann, the, the synth designer. Uh, he asked him about where he could get pushed to and move. I saw that online. And I wrote mm-hmm. to, to Hans and we communicated a bit and um, sent him push to and move also. Mm-hmm. And so he got back and I think he actually gave push to and move among others, to Junkie XL for a Christmas present, a birthday present. Oh, nice. <laughs> so there's, nice. There's these nice things going around. Um, and obviously, I was nervous also because you have a PR agency in the background, uh, kind of, um, how would you put it, um, you know, keeping track of time and, and all that. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit, okay, let's, let's see how it goes. Uh, but mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. my experience is that these people, no matter you know, how big a star, whatever. Um, when it comes down to this, they're always friendly, you know, uh, welcoming and always uh, willing to share, uh, especially all the gear stuff and the nice stories. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, so that it was a really nice uh, conversation. I really enjoyed that. The same with Trent Reznor from the Patch and Tweak with Moog book. Mm-hmm. We had a really nice conversation, really great guy also. And um, yeah, that, that's yeah. all the moments you remember, obviously, also. Um, yeah it's funny it's like people like Hans Zimmer and and Trent Reznor are people that of course I would love to have on this podcast but mm -hmm. I've never even like thought to ask because I'm just like because honestly I just like I'm kind of like when I think about it I get anxiety I'm like be afraid yeah (laughs) but but they're just people I don't I don't I don't one thing that I've learned even talking with some of the people that I have been nervous about once you get in the flow of the conversation you know, people mm. are people and it's pretty fun. Um, I like that you said that, you know, it's like you you more have hung out with the people that you've interviewed afterwards because that's one of the something that we probably have in common. Like because we get to talk to all these amazing people in the scene, whether it's the, the artists or the makers, mm. um, you know, we get to talk to them and have intimate conversations with them. Then, you know, I've, I've developed friendships with quite a few mm-hmm. of these people and, and have hung out in person afterwards and, and you know, have maintained as close to a friendship as you can without ever having met in person. Yeah. But, you know, through instant messaging and text messaging and stuff. And that's been really, really rewarding. It's, uh, and I imagine you've, you've had to have experienced, I mean, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like, mm. are, you, are you kind of... Do you find yourself being like, oh, shit, I didn't realize I was going to be friends with so-and-so, but now because of this book that I made, I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's also um, also to, to comment on, on the other thing you said about reaching out to, to people. What I learned with Push, Turn, Move, I was like, um, I've, I saw myself as just this guy from Denmark. You know, Nobody knew uh-huh. me in this world, uh-huh. at least. I was actually being used to... Uh, being a, a quite known in the in the graphic design world in Denmark, actually, because I did a lot of mm-hmm. talks and I, I I did my books and all. I actually did some books in Danish about design also. And so, but I was kind of leaving that, of slipping out of that, and naturally into this. Um, so, but my first, you know, was actually head on with Jean Michel Char for for approaching him about push turn move. <laughs> so uh-huh. that's a big one. Yeah, too. <laughs> that's you know, and that was through a friend I worked with, uh, Klaus, who's a, a dear friend of mine also. And I I was you know told I got these fifteen minutes, you know, the famous fifteen minutes you get before or after mm-hmm. sound check, whatever. And journalist was waiting, you know, there was another journalist coming and. And I had, you know, I, when I got the message, I had like seven days to prepare something. Mm-hmm. And I did a mock, I did a lot of layouts, finished, because I wasn't, you know, really 
am I going to do this or not? Or, you know, I, was, I wasn't really sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, feeling this and, and, and getting this enthusiasm from Jean-Michel was amazing. You know, he was, he thought it was an amazingly great idea. He said, and he, mm-hmm. he thought it was so great that we wanted to do it on Kickstarter. And and so mm-hmm. I came out like after that, I think twenty five thirty minutes I came out like whoa what what happened here and I and I sat yeah. in my car and and I, uh, I said okay I'm gonna take some notes now <laughs> on my phone just uh-huh. Uh-huh. about what I experienced I was like I couldn't really believe it because that was also the point where I realized okay now I have to do it actually I really have to do this book for real and I, mm-hmm. and also. It was easier to get other people in on it. I could say, well, Jean-Michel is writing the foreword. You know, Absolutely. So obviously, yes. so that was a, a great, great help and, and um, huge, you know, thankful for that. Um, and also, again, you know, it's, I, I usually also find out that it's not so hard to get uh, in touch with people as you might mm-hmm. think in your own head. Um, yeah, I've definitely. Mm. Yeah, people are like, when I had Daedalus on there, how did you get Daedalus? Mm. And I asked them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you don't get anyone on if you don't ask. <laughs> so that's right, the first yeah. thing. You have to do mm-hmm. it and you have to ask and you have to, if they say no or not now, you have to ask, oh, well, later or can we do something else or, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I also exactly. was extremely annoying, probably to some people, or persistent <laughs> <laughs> because I really wanted them in the book. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's also part of the uh, the, the way I, I did this. Obviously, always mm-hmm. being polite and all that, but just being is it persistent, yeah, or insisting mm-hmm. on this yeah. to happen actually. And and yeah, now, yeah. now it's less of a problem because I can just send a few books and and they say okay, we can see. That's that's yeah. Fine. So yeah, that's got it. I mean, those are those are excellent. You know but expensive business cards. Yeah, and they say. take up a lot of space. Like, you can't really... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't have 200 <laughs> business cards like that with you on the plane. <laughs> right. <laughs> and people complain. Um, they, they can basically... They knock you out if you fall asleep with a book above your head. You yeah. Know, just, yeah. <laughs> so, but that's the way it is. I can't help it. Yeah. So um, It's funny. You mentioned... Uh, this is... I don't know if this is interesting to people listening, but it's interesting for me to talk to fellow you know, we, we occupy a similar territory in that we talk mm. to the same types of people about the same types of things. Um, and, and there's something that you said like that, the way, that way you felt after you came out of that, that first interview, I still get that. I would say my experience with doing this podcast is, uh, sometimes if I have something scheduled for like a few hours before it, I'm kind of like, oh, I'd rather just, uh, uh, it's something I have to do, you know? Mm. But every time I start the conversation, I am in, that feeling is instantly gone. And afterwards I am energized and full of like, it's just like a warmth that I feel when I have, because I get to talk to enthusiastic people one-on-one for an hour, mm. you know, new, you know, that new, that novelty of new people and that, and just like, it's all, you know, th- getting, allowing somebody to a, a platform to talk about their, their, their thing yeah. is always just like this warm feeling and, and going through the pandemic and having access or not at, but, but because I was keeping the show going, like, I feel like that was a huge part of maintaining my sanity. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if like with working on, on the books. Cause I know you're, you know, you're, I'm sure you're working on a new one. Like is, did you find that something like that happening? Like, 
with with just kind of keeping a social life alive and the best you could mm. actually with all the books uh, with the first one which yeah. is which, where I started alone <clears throat> and I was you know it, if we hadn't done the Kickstarter I would you know I'm really good at self-doubt actually just to be honest. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. And, and I think it comes with all kinds of expression, self-expression, that there's always some part of you that, oh, is this going to be good enough or whatever? I, I don't know. But at least mm-hmm. for me, it's, it's a thing for me. But I'm working on it. <laughs> so, but also, you know, I, I had really, I had days where I was just like so afraid of actually doing the book because what would everyone think about this? Would it be a failure or whatever? So that I didn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't do anything. But when I had a, had a scheduled interview with someone, you know, it forced me to go to the computer and do it. And afterwards, I was always experiencing the same thing as you're mentioning, this, this warmth, mm-hmm. this connection also. There's mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. someone having a passion as big as me or even bigger, you know, for this topic. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that feeling, that reassurement of you are not alone, you know, and especially in a pandemic, like we are mm-hmm. still somewhat going through i think it's so important that we have been able to connect uh, you know uh, online and for me every time i've been having a, a skype meeting or zoom meeting or whatever i use all, we all use all these platforms right so mm-hmm. it, it's just left me with this ah i am connected okay you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. obviously when it's real life it's even better and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so uh, maybe I, I don't know just mention if i talk too much but with the other books actually it's perfect yeah. for a podcast host. <laughs> oh. Having a guest that talks yeah. too much, it's absolute, it's, I, I guess hope so. that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so too. Sometimes I think, is, is this too boring for people to listen to? But, um, but, but I want to mention actually when I worked with Chris on Patch and Tweak and I, when I worked with Scott on, on um, uh, Pedal Crush, this was, you know, we had, at some point we had daily uh, online conversations with video. So those two guys just became really close friends. It was really a joy to work with both of them, and I always miss them. And we have still, we meet online sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, because also you, we bounce a lot of stuff back and forth in that, this process. And it's, it's a really intense process. They would, they would definitely say that if you ask them. Uh, maybe too intense, <laughs> but but uh, you know when you work with people, sometimes you also um, get the best up in each other. Uh, however you put it, you know we it's a yeah symbiosis. When you see somebody doing, yeah, I feel mm. like the best I can do um, is almost contingent on having another person doing doing you know something that I'm perceiving as their best, and they they may be having the same thought as me, but. Through collaboration, I find I'm that's where I do some of my best work mm, mm. Um, because it's there's a level. I don't know if it's a thing of you need you want to just keep yourself honest. If if somebody else is trying really hard, you want to make sure that you're trying really hard. Mm. It's like being a good employee, but in a more fun way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, is that kind of what you're talking about? Yeah, but also it's also uh, you have actually it's, you know playing table tennis alone is pretty boring unless you have a wall yeah. nearby. <laughs> So, right. so having someone to play with, you know, and bounce mm-hmm. ideas back yes. and forth. And think, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. What if we put a brick on that? And you, you start building. And, and in my experience, everything gets better if you are more people, uh, at least to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Um, yeah, yeah. 
maybe not with cooking, but you know, doing a book is like cooking also, I guess, or putting this puzzle piece together. And so, when you're more, you're you're more um, prone to find the the right pieces and put them in the right places. And mm-hmm. um, and so I working with with uh, both Scott and Chris was really an honor for me and really something I I also learned a lot from. Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's been really great uh, and and. At that time, it wasn't so hard to be pushing forward, be pushing myself forward in the process because I had to also push the, them forward in the process. So that's better. Mm-hmm. And But when you're working alone, you really have to put down these milestones or whatever and and really be sure to also celebrate when, when you something feels good. Um, so, yeah. yeah. But I, feel, I think that when, when I work, I really... Either you, uh, you probably experience, or everyone listening to this, you know, that when you get into flow, it's just you just go, you know, and and, and there's yeah. nothing really stopping you unless you get hungry or sleepy at some point. Yeah. And then that's that's how I work, and that's also how I work with my my music. Um, when I'm there, I'm I'm, I'm really there. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I always look so serious when I play music, I guess. But I'm just concentrated. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's uh there's some there's just I remember I was I was writing my own music for a long time in you know just in college. I was in bands in high school and then I'd start writing my and, and first my first DAW and using just simple drum machines and stuff and um I remember there was always some like felt like there was always something missing from my music and then I I got back together in a band with my best friend from high school and that's when I like I really learned a valuable lesson in my you know early twenties mid twenties that having that person to play with it because mm. it literally is play you know it's and I yeah. think that that kind of like is that warmth that we feel when we do these these interviews and get to have these conversations with people and and when I get to listen to like I'm I'm sure people out there listening to you know our talk are are getting some of that as well for themselves mm. and and I really do think it's it's as simple as play, like you said, because yeah. really, like, what are we doing? We're making sounds. Mm. Exactly. You know, at the yeah, end of the yeah. day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and also, it's this call, what call, call and response. Sometimes I, I remember when I started mm-hmm. playing, I actually played some improvised sets with uh, this violinist, <clears throat> and I actually started using my modular at that point. And that was intimidating because she could go everywhere with that violin, you know, mm-hmm. in the instance like mm-hmm. like this. And I had like, oh, I got to tweak this, and you know, I. So I actually just, and I had really trouble, you know, with that. And also, what if it sounds wrong, or if I play a wrong note? So mm-hmm. I actually got. She recommended a book called Effortless Mastery, uh, of uh, was it Kenny or Ken? This this jazz pianist. Uh-huh. And I can really recommend that book uh, for anyone struggling with being afraid of improvising or playing wrong notes or, you know, how to approach the the, the anxiety of playing live, maybe. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that It learned me a lot, actually. And also... That sounds great, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, I, I, there's many ways to, to, to dive into that topic also. But for me, it was also... You know, because when you play with someone, and I would urge anyone playing modular not to just sit in their own basement, but actually get out and meet people and play with them. Because just as you say, when you, you meet up and you play, it is play, it's joy. And sometimes you mm-hmm. hit those magic moments when you, you, know, you, know, you just feel it and you can hear it. And, 
everybody in the audience can hear, wow, they just hit mm -hmm. something golden right there. And those mm -hmm. moments you can play for three hours, if you just hit those moments twice, it's, it's amazing. It's just the whole Absolutely. thing worth. So I, yeah. I love those moments when you do that. Actually, that for me, that some of this stuff started back in 2010 when, I don't know if you want that story, but <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's funny because I work with these guys now. I went to um, uh, Akusanti in, um, what is it, in Texas, Arizona uh, in 2010 in this, um, what's it called, Different Skies Electronic Music Festival. Okay. Basically, different, does this, these, uh, we also did Karelian Skies in Finland. But I actually just wrote the guys. I found them online and I was like this little guy from Copenhagen and I saw there was one from the UK and one from Finland. And I wrote to them and said, hey, can I be part of this? Because you could actually kind of apply to be part of it. So it's uh -huh. basically where you, you meet and you, you play for one week and you, you practice and rehearse and then you do a show at the end for, for an invited paying audience. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. Yeah, and I made friends for life that I still have. And, yeah. and, and Mike, my editor, Mike Medley, he was kind of in charge of that uh, project at uh -huh. that time. Uh, and, and so for me, that was also like, you know, meeting up and improvising. I remember one guy gave us a photo. This is my composition. <laughs> you know, I was like, you each, uh -huh. each get a piece of the photo. And so there was many ways of approaching this and people came from very different backgrounds. And that, but being connected by playing together, it was just like, yeah, you know, you have, I mm -hmm. think that connection, that's that warmth and that resonance you find when you play music, uh, sometimes at least, and, and if, if mm -hmm. you're lucky. And I think yeah. that's what a yeah. lot of people also in the audience are craving for now and, and, and ready mm -hmm. to get out and, and experience again. Uh, yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait to play. I'm I'm gonna play in New York in a couple of weeks. Oh, actually. awesome! It'll be my first live show in over a year, and I'm wow. Just so I'm I'm kind of nervous, but I'm also you know mostly excited for that for that Great. energy that you get in those small rooms. You know, it's gonna be a small black box theater. Mm. You know, so nice. it's like I'm just yeah, I'm so excited about that. Um, okay, we're probably getting close. Okay, we got a few more minutes. There's a few more things I want to talk to you about before we get. In, I want to get into the patch challenge, of course. Mm. Um, uh, I just, I, because we both, I don't know if this is annoying to the audience cause I, I probably bring it up anytime <laughs> I get the opportunity, but I got to hang out at Suzanne Chiani's house with her for like, probably like five hours, eat lunch with her. And like I did her dishes, hmm. you know? Yeah. So like, she's just like that warmth and that openness that, that our community is known for. I almost feel like. I feel like she must have passed that down somehow. I mean, like, cause that's mm -hmm. just, that's her vibe. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to hear your experience of getting to go to Suzanne Chiani's house and interview her. Cause talk about that warm feeling afterwards. I was high for days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, still am. yeah, I can imagine it. Suzanne is a wonderful person. And, and I think she also has had really a unique journey of, for many reasons, Definitely. obviously. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really inspiring also. And it must probably also be very inspiring for her to see what's, what's going on in the community now uh, with Modular. But for me, it actually started uh, with, with Push, Turn, Move, and I wanted to interview Suzanne for Push, Turn, Move. So I had to, you know, uh, approach her at Loop in Berlin, the Ableton Loop mm -hmm. Festival. That was a scary moment for me, you know, just, you know, <laughs> having some papers in my bag and, you know, 
just uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, you know, and all that stuff. Don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And but she was so welcoming, so open, also. And um, again, my experience at Susan's house. I actually brought my my um, second daughter uh, at that point. Uh, took her on the trip, and we had this uh, amazing day with Suzanne uh, out on the terrace and you know the sun mm-hmm. and I think it's a, probably a very Italian thing also you know you, I would wish that Danes would be more Italian sometimes <laughs> I think we could be yeah maybe I'm yeah. talking for me personally <laughs> but but obviously also you know when I I had this again kind of a mock-up of, of pageant week and we talked about the um, the uh, the forward and all that um and so sitting in her living room and she turned on the, the, the booklet at some point and, and you know, the, the sound swirling around us. And it, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. me, it's also a very memorable moment. Um, but especially every time we meet, I met her uh, yeah, several times, but also in Copenhagen, she was playing at one point and the same experience, people, people love that um, performance also because there's so much, I feel there's so much... Um, thought but also how do you heart felt mm-hmm. thought or yeah you know care is maybe the word mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and i really i really enjoyed that um so yeah that that's obviously that's a great experience also um and yeah i can't say enough good things about Suzanne. She's wonderful. Yeah. And that <laughs> so, town, that little town she lives in is so oh, it's adorable place. and yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. It's I really, so awesome. It's a, a lot of times when I go out, you know, overseas, I want to move there. You know, oh, this place would be yeah. nice to live. By, you know, <laughs> so, and that was definitely one of the places, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was quite a trip. Uh, and, and just to, yeah, to sit down. I was literally on the same bench as her, you know, like while she's playing her. Mm-hmm. and I'm just, yeah. I, and and it was it was one of those moments where like I in my head I was thinking like okay like take everything in that's happening right now and remember this and make mm-hmm. sure that you're here for this because Suzanne Chiani is playing her booklet she's a foot and a half away from you you know like, yeah and you're right there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah um so yeah I I it's uh I guess it's fun to talk it's fun for me to talk with other people who get to have cuz we have a kind of a, a unique experience not everybody gets to talk mm-hmm. to all these people in the way that we get to and I don't know I don't want it to be like humble bragging or anything like that but it's it's fun to get to talk to other people about these experiences for me so De- definitely thanks for sharing them yeah yeah likewise it's also also you know I think again sharing those conversations or those experiences and passing that on i think it's important also Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. okay so my next question and i don't know how much you'll want to talk about it but what's coming next (laughs) that's that's (laughs) always the the good question i can actually say i don't know when this is going to be published Uh, probably two weeks from now oh okay so i can say that already now to people listening to this that we have a new edition of Push Turn Move Out. Uh, okay. It's coming out. It came out. <laughs> How you want to put it? Uh, actually, uh-huh. this Monday on International Music Day. Uh, oh, cool! And so, because people, brand, brands, products uh, change, uh, so mm-hmm. we did an update. Uh, it was it's highly on time, and um, I'm really fond of that update. So uh, it's new 
great paper, even better printing quality than the first one. The photos are really nice. Um, and a lot of new instruments uh, in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a new interview also. And, you know, just stuff um, updated. So it's, it's a nice, really new edition. And I think if you have the original one for about, from about four years ago, it's probably, hopefully, a bit, you know, worn by now. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> you've used it a lot. And people might want, want this new edition, I hope, to be, you know, mm-hmm. just be up to date and have the, the right info in there, uh, at mm-hmm. least for some years to come. I mean, it was already pretty up to date when it came out. I think, actually, I was sort of being on the forefront with some stuff like augmented reality and all that. Um, but we still, we updated it. Um, so that's, mm-hmm. that's what I have been working on. Uh, right now I'm working on obviously something with pages in it and a cover and I can't really say much more. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the closest you'll get well, that's me. A, that's a big, that's a big clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't tell you this, um, Tim, I can tell you this, that I, I'm working on more projects at once. Um, uh-huh. And those projects are, yeah. The, the, it's definitely something for the synth world. Um, I can get a little bit closer. Okay. So that's where I'm now. Okay. And also, okay. Uh, yeah, something even bigger for for next year, and maybe something more for this year. So I, you know, I, I really, I think it's still amazing that we can have just one book out a year, and you know, I can still keep this little business going. And that's really, yeah, yeah. I'm really thankful for that. I'm really grateful for the opportunity to do this. I want to thank all the readers out there also. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I think also like the updating is, seems like a, like a really good idea and a viable idea to keep, mm-hmm. to keep it going, but also keep it, you know, interesting because this technology is constantly going to change, like, especially in the Eurorack world, I'm sure mm-hmm. how many new, how many new modules and makers have, come out since patch and tweak and that's only too many a years old <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, so. yeah we have actually updated just a bit you know where there were if there was a prototype of a module that didn't you know really became a reality or or just we exchanged mm-hmm. a few stuff it's nothing really important but obviously at some point i'm thinking about uh, and i've also talked to chris about what we should do next because it really seems to be the the go-to book for people and i think uh, a lot of people are also at a point where they want to go further uh, mm-hmm. obviously uh, with this and I also do want to do that um, mm-hmm. yeah so but probably when this comes out this podcast I I don't know if we have announced anything yet but in, in the fall here, you know the, the book season is always when it gets dark again and you know we get to the holiday right, season right. And we get inside <laughs> and do more music and we, we're not out in yeah. the festivals <laughs> and all that so <laughs> that makes yeah, sense yeah. yeah but definitely yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to share you know with, with everybody you know what we're coming with next and I you know we're keeping the format you know the, the, the square books the same size I think it really mm-hmm. works and people mm-hmm. now have a collection many people and, yeah, and yeah, they look they look lovely next to each other. They, that's yeah, so great. They're yeah. they're they're excellent, excellent books. That's I'm so such great a fan. And and you know um, the, the latest one, Patch and Tweak with Mogus, is like also really a project I wanted to do. Actually, when doing Patch and Tweak, the first one, and this is kind of a new format with less pages because you don't always need to have 300 plus pages. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's also something that I might, you know, I call the three first ones our flagship titles, you know, the big ones with artist interviews mm-hmm. and all that. And the Moog one is actually also a really 
I think, uh, what do you call it, a really great uh, bouquet of, of different stories and, and and these patch techniques. I really enjoyed doing that, I must admit. Mm-hmm. That was really nice, just doing my patches and, and working with these wonderful instruments. Um, so that was really right, too. And, uh, yeah, definitely. We'll see more different kinds of books from Bukes. I can say that, yeah, at least. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I love that you've kind of, you've like kind of covered... You've covered like a lot of just music technology, basically, you know, and in a, in a really like, I think, robust way that, but they all, there's always a little bit of crossover keeping, keeping it in the same world, which, mm. yeah. Um, okay. One more question before I give you your patch challenge. Okay. Um, how much better of a synthesis are you because of the books? Much better. You know, much yeah, better. I imagine. Yeah, yeah that's, I imagine. you know, I've had to do all these patches. Uh, and and also even with the the, the pedal effects with with the, you know having some having the experts like Scott uh, and Chris doing their things because obviously mm-hmm. they were the ones doing the the body of you know the hard work with doing describing reverb what's that all about describing you know sequences and modular what's that about um, and then I was kind of like bouncing ideas with them and chipping in and you know talking about my findings and then. Some of that was implemented, but but you know, being so close to someone again, you know, who knows so much, or are just willing to to learn and and share and 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 research, that's so great. And that's for me, it's it's uh, it's really been a joy. And I think I've, I would say I'm at three hundred percent better synthesis now. <laughs> <laughs> I was more like a preset guy in the old days. I I just you yeah, know yeah. punched through all the presets, you know, until I got really tired of that stuff. And now I actually really enjoy doing my, you know, soundscaping from the bottom up. You know, I really, mm-hmm. you know, you can see my T-shirt. I really, I recently got the, um, the Make Noise Straker to come. Oh, uh, I love company. that thing. Yeah. That for me has just like this, this is, you know, right down my alley because of my ambient mm-hmm. noisy droney sets. And I really yeah. enjoy, you know, the interaction. With, you know, the feeling when you really have something that really feels like an instrument. Whether you're building mm-hmm. it of different modules or combining it with something, that that's also, that also makes you a better synthesis, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. you are mm-hmm. really thinking about the different parts you put together, or you're mm-hmm. learning at least what they Definitely. can do or not do together. So yeah, I have barely even explored it as a synth. I've mostly used it as an effects processor, which ah, I just okay. yeah, I absolutely love it. That's 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 basically what I've been doing with all of my stuff. It's just processing sound yeah. right now, but. Nice. Know, it's, I'm sure. I'm sure. In six months, I'll be onto something totally different. But, Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So I I was generating some random words, and I think this one this one's good. Uh, subtle truth. Subtle truth. I like that. I'm getting some paper. So to write it down. Yeah. There you go. I I will also I could screenshot it and uh, and send it DM it to you so you have it. Um, but yeah subtle truth and i think uh just take some time once we're done here take your own time to to set up whatever you think subtle truth is and then you can send me that recording along with the the audio from your i'd love to interview side so that that's all that's basically just the words and then no no restrictions no limitations i used to make a 15 minute uh limitation Mm -hmm. because i used to do the podcasts in person and i also used to do it to where we would just hang up the phone we'd hang up the call 
and then the they would make the patch and then they'd come back and play it but i think it's just so mm. much easier to end the call and just send it later yeah. that way i get to like kind of anticipate what it's going to sound like cool. when you send it to me in a few days so yeah i'm not as concerned with any uh limitations or anything nice. the only thing i ask is to keep it you know between three and five minutes in length okay nice just, you know the truth is usually simple so that that uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that you know i like words as you can probably tell also um subtle, subtle truth that was it right yeah mm-hmm. i like that yeah i like that too that's really nice yeah sounds good yeah. all right so is there anything you want to scream from the modular mountaintops before we uh <laughs> we conclude this what would it be <laughs> scream from the modular mountaintops I, I would keep that image in my head actually but yeah I would say keep patching and tweaking I mean, I mean that's the most important thing just keep patching and tweaking I really actually it was interesting because I was playing yesterday with these guys and I always you know why I love modular is because and I use Nerlis just to say I disassemble mm-hmm. my stuff and then I assemble it again and I plug out all the cables and I plug them in again I, I really don't you know if I want to do piano sounds I go to piano or a, you know plug-in obviously probably so so I think for modular you know really I would say my suggestion really try to keep it modular you don't have to build your perfect instrument because it will probably never exist only in your exactly. head and you can just keep growing you know that, that's it mm-hmm. yeah I, I I just redid my entire seven new case yesterday <laughs> cool so I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about that's that's so great yeah so so yeah, yeah. And I think it goes with improvisation again and being willing to to maybe uh, how can you put it challenge your your views on how things should be you know that I need mm-hmm. that filter because that but maybe you didn't you know there's some modules mm-hmm. I actually or types of modules I avoid because I, I you know I want to try something else basically uh, I've done that taking stuff out that I was leaning on too much you know mm. like i use this too much. i always start here so i got to take that out because i'm getting stagnant yeah yeah so yeah, yeah and i think we are blessed with all these new modules and instruments all the time i mean it's mm-hmm. so so far at least uh, yeah so. just don't forget to make music with them that's exactly the yeah <laughs> yeah and share the music because that's when it's something yeah. really it gets even bigger you know um definitely so yeah well, Kim, thank you so much. It's so nice to finally meet you and talk to you. And hopefully we'll get to meet in person uh, someday soon. Likewise. Thanks, Tim. I hope so, too. All right. We're going to get into Kim's patch. But first, a quick word from one of our sponsors. Let me guess. Your album is done. It's tracked. You feel pretty good about the songwriting structure of it. But you just can't get the mix right. You're banging your head against the wall. You're so many mixes in, you don't even know if, if you've drifted away from something that was better or if you're getting better, and that's just not a comfortable place to be in. It's too much weight for your shoulders. You don't need that right now, so why don't you take that weight and put it onto the strong, strong shoulders of Hugo R.A. Paris over at Tiny Crush Mixing. And uh, if, you, uh, you know, if you don't want to take my word for it, how about Nathan Moody's uh, word? Yeah, how about amulets? Yeah, these are all people that have worked with Hugo R.A. Paris. His background is staggering. He's, uh, you know, he's worked for MIT, Caltech, Stanford University. He, he uh, designed the spherical wavetable navigator software for 4MS. Uh, I mean, do I have to say any more? He has albums on Beacon Sound, 
um, and Jack Tone Records. He's been reviewed by all of the major, major outlets like uh, Accelerator. Accelerator? Is it Accelerator or Accelerator? That's what happens when you spell things with just numbers and letters. Fact Magazine and Resident Advisor. Those are all uh, trusty sources. Um, And this song that you hear playing below me right now is actually one of Hugo's own... uh, albums so yeah he makes his own music too so you could go check that out on his band camp so i don't know like i said you don't need you don't need this stress in your life hand it over to somebody who knows exactly how to navigate this terrain tiny crush mixing link in the show description all right let's check out kim's patch subtle truth
All right, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kim, for being on the show. What a sweet soul he is. It was a great chat. Um, Excellent books. Please check out the books if you have not. They're so good. They're right where entertainment and education collide. Um, You can get them at Patchworks. P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S dot com. Thank you for your continued support. Also, after later audio, I keep saying it and I keep meaning it and it's getting closer. Keep an eye out on afterlateraudio.com. Lots of cool stuff coming out this summer. And uh, yeah, thank you to Needham Woodworks for your continued support of the show. Until next week. <laughs>